to the 32 Life Podcast, where we break stereotypes, build legacies, and help others along the way. It's your boy, Mookie. And your favorite color in the world, brown. And welcome back to another episode of the 32 Life Podcast, where we redefine the Black experience. And today we have a very special guest today, a very special guest, right? I'm so excited to bring her on. But before I even bring her on or bring up her name, I got to check in with your favorite color in the world, brown. You know, the guy who's working harder than most people right now. You know, the pandemic is disappearing. Now it's an endemic and the world is changing. So, brown, what's going on? What's the streets talking about right now? Because you 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 are a essential worker. You help save so many lives. But now I, I feel like you're about to be free. What's what's going on? No, I want to be financially free enough to not have to go back to work for anybody. So that that's what I'm working on right now. Today, I didn't go to work because I didn't feel good. But guess what I was doing? I was still working all day, working on me, working on my projects because I want to work now so I don't have to work later. Drops mic. Let's go. Mm, work hard now. So in future, you have to. I got yes. you. OK. All right. You're about compound interest. You're all about generational wealth. You're all mm-hmm. about redefining your legacy yes. and then helping others climb as you lift or lift after as you I make climb. it, though, after I make it, I, I gotta make, make it, it first. Oh, yeah, that's that's not like crabby a little bit to me. No, no, just no, no, no. OK. All the way right. I think about it, I used to be a flight attendant and I'll never forget. They said there is ever an accident or some type of air traffic issue there. You got to put the mask on you before you put it on your children. That that caught me off guard, but it, it made sense. How could I help somebody else if I can't help myself? Mm, that's you know? true, too. I, I didn't look at it that way. OK. Yeah. OK. All right, but you get your first M. You got you got to give it at least a dollar. You know, I'm gonna to- hook. I'm up. Don't worry. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm gonna right. hook somebody up. No, perfect, perfect. I love that. I love that. And and you talk about you know generational wealth. You talk mm-hmm. about you just talked about working hard. So in the future you have to. Mm-hmm. So I have to introduce one of a fat. Well, I would say a fascinated individual who has changed the landscape of entrepreneurship. Right. I don't know. Um, she has created a million dollar business. Uh, she was laid off. Uh, she received a stimulus check and turned that to a million dollars. Now, I ain't played a lottery before, but this person seems like she's a walking lottery right now because she knows exactly what to do to triple or quadruple her money. So I want to thank you so much, Ellie. Oh, my God. I'm about to say her name wrong. Oh. Ellie Jop. Jop, right? Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> Ellie Jop. OK. Uh, Ellie Talks Money. She is the CEO and founder of Ellie Talks Money, and she is phenomenal individual, transformational person right now. So thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Thank you all so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I absolutely love the show and and what you guys talk about here on the podcast. So I'm really grateful. Now, now, I just brought a lot of attention to what you were able to accomplish, but I want to know the essence of Ellie. Like, like, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what you're able to do, what she was able to do. Yeah, I mean, so I am 29 years old um, and I would say that my like story or who I am really kind of took shape around age 27 after I gave birth to twins. I got a divorce, moved back home to my mom's house in Um, That was around, I want to say that was like February of 2020, right before the pandemic hit. And this is really where like the story starts. So, you know, imagine I'm living at my mom's house in the, in the living room because the, all the other bedrooms were taken up, have these four kids with me freshly, you know, 
divorced and looking for a job, trying to figure out what am I going to do to change my circumstance? Um, so, you know, I just tapped into what I knew how to do. I tapped into my experiences, my skills. So, you know, it took a lot of resilience. It took a lot of faith, but behind that faith, I had to work for it. I really did have to work for it. So, yeah. Okay. It's my turn. Can I, can I, can, I, can, you, can you unleash me? Can I I got questions. <laughs> you, you unleash Brown. You okay. Unleashed. All right. The gates are open. All right. So you took your stimulus check and then you took that because I got one too. And then I yeah. put it in stocks and I lost it all. You took yours <laughs> and you flipped it. And now you don't need to work anymore. Can you just go through that whole, that whole story for me, please? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, even when I go back and think about it, I'm like, wow, that was amazing. And I, I know how bad I needed that stimulus check at the time, you know? So being that I was a mom, of course, my kids got a portion, but that 1200 was mine, you know? So when I knew that they were coming, I started to think in advance, like, okay, this is 1200 extra dollars. I didn't have to do anything for this is an opportunity. You know, how can I use this to really make something happen that I don't have the opportunity to do because I'm doing DoorDash and I haven't been able to find a job yet. So um, I knew that I was going to use it towards starting a business that wasn't going to have to cost a lot of money. And for me, that was going directly into consulting and coaching. So, you know, rewind a year or two, I've worked in corporate America as a director of sales for like three to four years. So I knew a lot about business. I knew about how to scale a business because it was a startup company. So I knew about funding. I knew about sales. I just couldn't find anybody to hire me again to do the same thing I was doing. So when I had that stimulus check, it was like, okay, I can't find anyone to give me a job. So let me start to market myself to other businesses who need the same information. And I will just provide it to them directly. So the way that that $1,200 got broken down is I used some of it to get a ring light so that I could put my phone up and use that to go live. I use some of it to put a down payment on a new phone. So I think I upgraded from like the 11 to the 12 or something at that time. Um, I use some of it to subscribe to Canva, which is like a graphic design place. Some of it was to form my LLC. So I used about um, in California, I think it was like a hundred something dollars to do that. And then the rest, I just kind of put to the side of my business bank account just to have just in case. So uh, from there, you know, it doesn't, I always tell people, it doesn't cost a lot of money to make a lot of money. People think you need to have a hundred thousand in order to make a million. But in my case, you just need to have a thousand dollars in order to make a million. So once I had my website, my ring light, and I started creating content on Instagram, that's really how things started to take off. So I took what I knew, put it into a course. And I just every day got up to sell that course, no matter what, do my coaching calls, no matter what. And before we knew it, 10 months later, we hit an M. <laughs> So, Wait, so go, 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 go. <laughs> you, you got, you got, you got, you got, bro. <laughs> sure. Okay. Okay. So I, I can go now <laughs> again. <laughs> All right. Okay. So you said that you had four kids and you were home with your mother. Um, yeah. Can you just take us back to that moment when you got laid off? What was your, what was your mindset? Was it 
either a sink or swim mindset or was it like, all right, uh, I got to figure something out or like, like take us back to that moment when you first found out that you got laid off. So, you know, in that moment, um, it was just before I gave birth to the twins, actually. So things kind of staggered. It was like I got laid off, gave birth, marriage started falling apart, divorce, moved back home. It was just like a series of things. So when the layoff first happened, I was afraid because at that time I was making six figures. I had a good job, you know, and I loved my job. And at the at that moment, I was the only one working in the household. So I was afraid for a lot of different reasons, but I felt like, okay, I know how I have this experience. I should be able to get a job quickly, but it didn't happen like that. So when I started applying for jobs, even during my severance period, and I wasn't getting anything, it was like, what's up? You know, like, wait a minute, like I got experience. How come nobody's hiring me for this job? So I think a lot of things came to my mind in that number one, why didn't I prepare? You know, I think Sometimes we get so comfortable in the good jobs that we have that we don't have a backup plan because we never think, I never thought it would happen to me. You know, I was so good at my job. We never think it will happen to us, but that was like instant regret. Why didn't I already have something lined up? Or why didn't I use all these six figures I'm making to have a side hustle, to have a a little business on the side, you know? Um, So in that moment, I was like, I should have planned better. But once I wasn't getting a job, once things started to change in my marriage, um, I think at that moment, it was really like, like, you know, fight or flight. I didn't really have time to sulk. I didn't really have time to mourn, you know, because kids have to be fed, you know, all the time. And I just I remember thinking to myself, you know, a few months later when the divorce ended up being finalized and I moved back home, I remember thinking to myself, I'm either going to be afraid to start this business or I'm going to look back a year from now and see myself in the exact same place I am right now. And I decided that I was more afraid of that reality of seeing myself in the same place in a year than I was of being afraid to just start and maybe fail. Amazing. Um, you know, so you obviously you chose to fight. Then you you came up with a strategy, and you you now implemented that strategy. So now you you you're in this point where you have your business and it, it's it's in startup mode. How did you go from startup mode to scaling it in such a short period of time? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I always tell people that you know the first three months of me creating content and, you know, attempting to make money. I didn't make any money. You know, the first three to four months I might've made maybe $10,000 at that time. So I always, you know, it's really important to put that into context because people think it's like you post one day and then next day you have a hundred K and it doesn't work like that. But planting those seeds and staying consistent and building that trust with your audience, I know is what helped. So what really helped me to scale and go from, you know, 10 to 15 K in my first three to four months to then already at a million in 10 months in that same time frame was the consistency and the fact that I had really worked on building trust with my audience in those first three or four months. And, you know, of course, so many different circumstances will go into everyone's business, but I really believe that type of 
scaling can be replicated, maybe not that speed because everyone is different, but that type of scaling can be replicated because when you focus on delivering value to your audience, which is what I was focused on for the first three to four months, just proving to them, hi, I'm Ellie and I really do know what I'm talking about. You know, here's a free class, here's a free coaching call. Here's three videos or posts a day of me just giving you value. I'm not asking you for anything in return. That started to pay off to where it got to a point people were asking me, do you have something else? Do you have a course? Do you have an ebook? Like, is there any other way we can learn more? And that's when I knew, all right, now it was time to like put a price tag on this and see, could I still um, generate that same kind of attention? So you know, to directly answer your question, I think the keys to scaling are to remain consistent. Number one, that's how people trust you to to continue giving value and then to know when it's time to put a price point on things. Right. Um, and to also raise your price. So the first thing I ever sold was like twenty dollars. And then within that 10 month time frame, I think my minimum price for something was two hundred dollars. So you know, all of that goes into being able to help you get to your goal faster, but in due time, you know? Yeah. So um, I'm curious, right? When you were first launching your business, like what gave you the idea? Uh, and, and can you expound on what exactly your business is? And then sure. when in that moment, did you know that, hey, I found I, I found something that's mine that I can like grow this? Yeah. So what initially gave me the idea before I, you know, started the business, I really made a list of everything I knew how to do. And this is what I teach people when I'm helping them to develop their own business or their own uh, consulting companies is make a list of what you know how to do, make a list of your experiences, make a list of any goals you've accomplished um, as it relates to your personal life or your work life and go from there. So on my list, I knew that I already knew how to coach people. I already knew a lot about sales. I already knew a lot about scaling a business, business credit and marketing. So when I started, my goal was to provide a lot of value in those three or four categories and see what stuck. Okay. So I wanted to see, okay, are people going to ask me more feedback on marketing or people going to ask me more feedback on how to make more sales in their business? Or are people going to ask me more feedback on how to get funding through business credit? And that ended up being what really took off. Um, and it all started by me just providing free value. So essentially, my coaching and consulting company helps people to start and scale online businesses by leveraging digital marketing, teaching them how to create digital products, and then teaching them how to access funding through business credit, grants, and other creative funding methods. So those are the three pillars that we stick around, and we do that through coaching calls and educational courses. So the way that I essentially discovered what was going to work is looking at myself and what I really knew how to do, because that authenticity is so important. I think sometimes people will just try to start a business based on what they think other people will buy, but you have to start a business based on what you know you can actually do. You know, if I would have tried to start my business saying that I can teach you how to do your hair or grow your hair, it would have flopped because that's it's not me. You know, it's not something I actually know how to do, nor am I passionate about it. But by doing that first step first of making the list, 
then you go straight into delivering value and seeing what your audience actually needs from you, right? So I found that they needed business credit from me, which is pretty much the only course I sold for that entire first year. I didn't really dabble into anything else heavily, right? That was definitely the number one course of 2020 and 2021. Um, and then from there, again, getting feedback from them is how I've expanded in providing different services, courses, and et cetera. Did that answer your question directly? Yes, it did. Uh, okay, <laughs> very thorough. Um, and I guess the the point that I'm, I want to focus on is like the moment when you knew it was the right path that you were going, right? Because yeah. you worked in corporate for so long, you were recently divorced, you have twins, uh, new twins, right? And I don't even know what that experience is like. Oh, but it's crazy. After that 10,000 in the first three months, there was, a, a, I don't know, an explosion or ex exponential growth at that point. Yeah. So what was that moment like when you realized that it was it was go time and this was your lane? Yeah, so I definitely think that moment was when I, and it was specifically releasing my business credit course, actually. the I remember that was the first time I made, it was around November, I think it was the first time I made $1,000 in a day. And that was like, what are you talking about? I just made $1,000 today. And it something hit where it was like, this is working, you know, and I decided to put all my focus directly into being better at providing education around funding into providing more content and value and services around funding and really to stick with that. So I would say when I saw that there was and at that point, I only had maybe 4000 followers. So I wasn't popping or anything, you know, but when I saw that this was an area where businesses, specifically black owned businesses needed support, I decided to laser in on that and give all my attention to what I saw was working. And I think that is a key thing for other businesses. As soon as you get that inkling, or as soon as you see the data that most of, for example, on Instagram, if most of your posts around a particular topic, get the most engagement, the most comments, the most saves, the most shares, you need to stick with that. You know, I wanted to talk more about marketing and all these other things, but at that point, it didn't matter what I wanted. It mattered what my audience was telling me they needed, which is more information about funding, more information about money and capital and business credit um, going into their business. So when I put, <coughs> excuse me, my foot on the gas, with that course, I started teaching live masterclasses basically every day. Um, I started getting people enrolled into the course at a rapid pace. I started asking people to share the content more and that's what really took off because then I became known for one thing, which was business credit. So everybody who needed help with that came to me. And that's how we went from you know 10K to a million basically and over a hundred thousand followers in that time period because I decided to cut off everything else and remain in that lane. So you're in that lane. And I think the question of the day is, you know, you said that you had four kids. How did you do all of this? What is your typical day like? I know the women <laughs> want to know how on earth this is possible. Because <laughs> my sister has twins. My sister has twins. And and I, I know for a fact that it's probably 
the most difficult job anyone can ever have because you got two at the same time. Yes. (laughs) So how how did you do this? Talk to me about it. So, you know, I love that because definitely the way I manage my kids then is a lot different than how it was now. You know, at that moment, I was still living at my mom's house. So my mom was helping me a lot. So when I was teaching these live masterclasses or going live on Instagram, um, my kids might've been at daycare or if they're at home, I would ask my mom like, look, mom, I got to go live. If I make some money, I'm going to break you off a hundred dollars, but I need you to keep the kids quiet so I can do this live. And, you know, when people scroll back on my page, y'all can see my kids coming into my live, asking me for a snack, my older two. So it wasn't always perfect, you know, and I'm doing this. We're sharing a room at that time, because as I mentioned, there wasn't a lot of space. Um, but I made sure to either work when they were sleeping at night or get up before they got up in the morning or ask the people around me for assistance and then, you know, bring them into my vision. I think my mom saw that if she would help me just for 30 to 45 minutes a day, that I could really make money and that could change all of our situations. So, you know, I think for moms that are listening to this, if you have any type of help, you know, ask them for that support. If not, get up before the kids, go to bed after the kids, you know, that that's how I had to make it work. Now, being that, you know, my business is scaled, I travel a lot more. I'm so grateful that I have a full-time nanny who can really help, you know, she takes care of the kids when I'm traveling, when I'm here working, she's with the kids. Um, So that's a really big blessing, but I would have only been able to afford this help had I been okay with going live and doing these classes under imperfect circumstances. Sometimes my kids walking in, twin crying, holding one twin right here. I mean, you know, I really want women and moms to know it doesn't have to be perfect to make money. It doesn't. And people will vibe with the authenticity that you bring. People knew that I was a mom who just got a stimulus check, who just got divorced, who was at her mom's house because I showed it to them. But it didn't mean I didn't have good information, you know. So just do what you have to do, even if the kids are all up in the background. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's amazing, right? Um, sometimes, you know, we got to rely on support and not being afraid to ask for help. Um, one thing that you mentioned was funding, and that is a very uh, a strong issue in the Black community, right? Can you kind of talk about the myths of finding funding and like what surprising facts that you learn about funding in our community? Absolutely. I mean, I think a big myth is that, you know, you can only get any type of capital if you have a 700 plus credit score or if you get, you know, funded by a venture capitalist firm or some type of private equity. And that's just not the case. You know, those are certainly methods of funding. But as, you know, entrepreneurs of color and also as entrepreneur women of color, We have other options, and that truly is through business credit as well as grants, you know. Um, I think that we have to think outside of the box a lot of the time. And I don't, you know, I don't blame Black businesses for not knowing because it's not always public knowledge that business credit exists. It's becoming that now. 
But initially, I think people thought you had to have an amazing credit score in order to get funding. But the great thing about business credit is that it's in your business name. So you can still have a 600 score and be able to get a business line of credit to go towards starting your business or scaling it. That's only going to report to the business credit bureaus, you know. Um, so even if you're not in the perfect credit score range, you can still get money as well. Grants. There are so many grants specifically for Black-owned businesses, minority-owned businesses, which includes women-owned businesses. Um, if you're a disabled veteran, depending on the geographic um, location that you live in as well, you can qualify for grants based on that. Um, so it's so important for us to realize that there are diverse ways that businesses can get funded. In addition, you know, there's angel investing, which many people don't know, but there are a lot of angel investing boards and even some venture capital boards that only give money to black owned or minority owned businesses and women owned businesses. So we just have to think outside of the box and then educate ourselves on things like business credit grants and more to see that we can get this money. Yeah, no, it's so true. Um, you know, there's, there's so much money out there that people are giving away, whether that's in the form of, you know, business credit or grants um, or yes. even mentorship. Um, can you talk yes. a little bit about starting your business in the journey? Like what are, what would you say are one or two things that you learned about yourself? And then one or two things that you learned about starting a business? Oh my gosh. Wow. Um, something I learned about myself, I am indecisive. <laughs> So it is really hard for me to make decisions. And I think, I think I do tend to doubt myself a bit, but I, it's become aware to me because of the fact that having a business requires you to make so many decisions, you know, as well as starting to scale up to have a team. So I've been able to see that this is an area I need to work on because I've been forced with so many decisions to make. Um, I think as well, I've really learned how resilient I am and that, you know, it is something you need, but it's also something you can develop, you know? So even if you don't see yourself as a resilient person now, you can develop that by every day getting up and having the, men the mentality of it has to work or it has to work, you know? And I think that is definitely also something I've learned about business is that, you know, success in business isn't determined by how smart you are, how much money you have, how good you look, where you come from. It has nothing to do with that. Success in business is determined by, do you want it bad enough? Like how bad do you want it every single day? And do you hold yourself accountable when you don't do the work that's necessary to go and get it? You know, I've really learned that what you put out is what you get back. And you have to have a no matter what mentality where even if I wake up, I'm in a bad mood, my hair is not right, the kids acting up, my man talking crazy, whatever is going on outside of that business, no matter what, you have to show up for your business, you know, because that is the only way your business will scale and money, the money you make from your business is what gives you the opportunity and the tool to change all those other problems. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So you mentioned 
during that three to four month time span where you were, we were just in the building phase yeah. and, you know, you were in your mom's home and you had your children. And I know that you had a lot of difficult, challenging, self-motivational speeches that you had to give to yourself. So can you just give us one of those speeches? Let <laughs> <laughs> me think. Wow. I gotta, I gotta go back. Um, you know, that's, that's gonna like, hey, I want you to see our poem or something like that. Yeah, prayer, right? I mean, I'm really big on um, on affirmations. I do talk to myself every day, and I think I think something I would often tell myself is, you know, Ellie, everything you want, everything you desire, everything you want in life, everything you need to create the life that you want is already in you. It was already planted in you. It's already written for you. It's already destined, you know? And I would always tell myself that because even though my outside surrounding was looking crazy in that I'm at home with my mom, I don't know what's about to happen. I just got a divorce. I'm only 27 years old with these four kids. You know, even though that outside was looking so crazy, I always had to tell myself, Ellie, Everything you need to create the life you want is already here. It's already there because one thing I firmly believe and tell myself and tell my students is, you know, God planted a seed in you to want to do what you're doing right now. There are some people who go their whole life, never think about starting a business, never want to be an entrepreneur, never anything like that. It's just not on their path. But the fact that I had this idea, the fact that you all have this idea, it's because that seed was planted and God's not going to plant a seed without giving you the resources to water it, you know? So I would always tell myself, if I'm in this situation, if I have this idea, if I have this stimulus check, if all things are conspiring to have me in this one moment right here, there's a reason for it. And everything I need to change the situation is already in me. I just have to let it out. Yeah, it definitely all starts in the mind. And that's kind of why I wanted to elaborate on that a little bit because yeah, it takes, I'm glad you asked that. It takes that, that I can do anything when you're in those situations. I mean, and like I said, like yeah. I have, I have a one-year-old and I can, I can't imagine being with him 24 hours a day. Like, <laughs> I would drive myself crazy. So crazy. I can imagine having four, four and then having you had to have some type of mental toughness in there. Oh, you know, absolutely. No yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, let, let's let's go a little bit deeper because you know, a lot of times we have expectations for 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 ourselves, right? And yeah. you know, when you know, talking to a lot of our women interview uh women that we interviewed, um you know, by the time you're 30, like, I want to have kids, I want to be married, I want to have a six-figure paying job, and, you know, you, you had all of that, right? You yeah. were married, you had kids, a uh, six-figure job, and then it all changed, right? And social media now, you're like, I can't post, you know, like, you, you're not going to be posting that stuff, so yes. how did you change that mindset? Because although when you started the business, your mindset changed, like, there had to be some transition period to get you in that headspace to be like, now let me start a business because everything else was falling apart. So what was the steps that you took to, you know, change your mindset and like just believe in yourself and start uh, this business? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's very true. <laughs> Excuse me. 
I went through some hard moments. I'm talking tears. I can't do it. You know, just like you said, I think really feeling like a failure in terms of societal norms. I had it all, then lost it all. You know, everything that we loud, that we praise, being married, having a great job, having kids. I lived in nice places, drove nice cars, all of it. And it was gone, you know? Um, I really think that number one, therapy, key. And I tell this to people all the time, Black people need therapy, even if you feel like you haven't gone through anything traumatic. Ancestrally and generationally, we carry a lot. So we just need therapy, period. But specifically because of what I went through, I sought out therapy. And as well, I'm Muslim. So my faith like really carried me through. When I first moved back home, the first thing I did in like those first two weeks was go find a mosque. And because I wanted to find a community and I became like best friends with my imam, um, which is like a, a preacher, but in Islam. And truly, you know, on those days where I was crying, it was so hard. That was who I called. That was who I turned to. And he always reminded me that, which is true, you know, everything you go through is because God said so. Whether we want to accept it or not, it was destined for me to have that divorce. It was destined for me to go through this. And so accepting that slowly but surely, I think has really helped me to pull through and decide to start another part of the journey because there was nothing I could do to change it. And I came to terms with the fact that God doesn't do anything by accident. So if I was there in this moment dealing with this hardship, it must be because something is coming on the other side, you know? And I know when I talk about it now, it, it seems like it was all easy and it happened fast, but it wasn't. It takes time. And even on the days where I was having my business and I was going through the starting phase and I was making money, I was still crying. I was still stressed. I was still feeling like, what's going to happen? Now I have this business, but I'm going to be single. I'm going to be a single mom forever, you know? Like, ugh, this money can't, can't keep me company, you know, what are we about to do? So there was so still a lot of things I had to grapple with, but that's why having consistent therapy, having someone you can consistently turn to, praying is so, so key. So you got stronger in your faith. Yeah. You went to therapy, yeah. right, to heal yourself. And then you did daily affirmations. Now, did you have any mentor for the business side since you were covering spiritual, since you was covering your emotional? Would you talk, talk about the mentorship? Yeah, you know what? I love that question because like interestingly, question yeah, <laughs> interestingly, I didn't get a business mentor until probably after the first year. And, and I think if I could go back, I would do that differently. It's not that I didn't get a business mentor because I didn't want one. I think I didn't know how to find one. I didn't know where to go. I was one of the only entrepreneurs I knew. My parents have regular jobs. All my friends have regular jobs. You know, everyone in my circle is an employee. So I was like, okay, I'm the only one doing this. And I'm doing this in a pandemic. And I'm doing this with four kids. I felt like I didn't know where to find a mentor. But if I could go back, I definitely would have tapped into more resources. I would have 
even use programs like the SBA. They connect you with business development centers, you know, to, to just give you someone to talk to. I would have done more so that maybe the hiccups I went through, like not hiring soon enough, not knowing to, you know, be prepared for taxes because child, oh my God. We can't even say the T word. It's a cuss word in my household. Okay. We can't even say taxes. <laughs> well, I'm sure now you hired all four of your kids. Yes. <laughs> yes. Now I have somebody for all of this, but at the beginning it was a lot. So, you know, I ended up getting a mentor after, but in hindsight, I definitely would have started that sooner. I think I didn't realize that my business would do what it did. I just wanted to make $10,000 a month. Like, I was like, if I make the same thing I made in my job, I'm gonna be good. These kids are gonna be good. And it ended up being completely different. So now that I do have business mentors and friends who make more money than me, it has also helped me to overcome the hard days as a business owner, because even as a business owner, outside of what we deal with as a parent and relationships and all that, we go through a lot trying to stay confident in ourselves, trying to, you know, not give up when we don't make the sales to make. I think we go through a lot of self-doubt. So now that mentorship is there to really help me push through when it's looking foggy. Yeah, you, you said you started an LLC. Can you yeah. describe the process of how you even went about doing that? Because I feel like that sure. is where a lot of people want to start or need to start or just don't know how to start. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so I formed my LLC on my own. Now there are services like LegalZoom, um, so many other services you can pay for. I like to teach people how to do it themselves so that they really know what's going on, right? Um, so the way you can do it yourself is to go to your secretary of state. So whatever state you live in, you can just Google search, you know, Georgia plus Secretary of State. And that first link is going to be there. You're going to search then for a form an entity, okay? Now there are different types of entities. There's a partnership, which is if you were to partner with someone, your LLC, then you have a C-Corp or an S-Corp, but generally you're gonna see a C-Corp there. Everybody just needs to start with an LLC. You don't want to worry about a corp yet. You need to have different requirements there. I also recommend not starting with a partnership yet because you got to vet out someone that you go into business with. It's very serious. You know, people want to start LLCs with their best friend, but it gets really real later if something goes down. So get your own LLC. And when you fill out the application, it really takes 10 minutes. So you're going to put in your name, your information. They're going to ask you for your address. I recommend you all to get a virtual address. So you're going to go to a website like virtualaddress.com or Regis or ipostal1.com and get a virtual address for $10, $12. And then you use that there instead because you don't want to put your actual address because it's public record okay and you don't want everybody having your address like that so put that in put uh what industry your business is in so generally if you want to start selling something online you're going to choose the industry of online retail if you want to do what i do and go into coaching or consulting you'll choose the industry of consulting or management consulting um, and then you go from there. It usually takes about seven to 10 days to get your 
approved LLC back. One thing you do have to do though, guys, is you have to check to make sure the name isn't taken. So you can also do a name search on the Secretary of State website, just to double check. Then you go ahead and form it, boom. Now you have the LLC. Then you get your EIN from the IRS.gov, which is basically like the social security number for your business. You use that to go open your business bank account. And once you have these three, now you're ready to start making moves. Now you're in business. We can start building business credit. We can start getting capital and go from there. Yeah, no, that does a great breakdown. And I think a lot of people think it takes years to create LLC and get an EIN, but EIN, you can get in five minutes and literally LLC, you can get it in 10 minutes, right? So in 15 minutes, you can have a business that costs you probably $200. Uh, yes, or and the less. EIN, EIN is free, right? The, yes. the, the IRS wants you to get an EIN so they, they can want tax you. you. Yes, they, tax they want you to so. start businesses. You know, yes. I always tell people, you get so many more benefits as a business owner. We get tax write-offs. We can travel for free. I barely have any personal expenses. Everything is a business expense at this point. So, so I don't want to sell being a business owner to all of our listeners right now, but can, since you've been on both sides, what yeah. is, what would you say are the benefits of a W2 job versus uh, having your own business? Child, listen, Don't make okay. me jealous right now. This is this conversation. <laughs> make me mad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, so with the W2, of course, you know how much you're going to get paid every week. Like you have that consistency. It's like you show up and give your time. They give you your money. You go. That's fine. But as a business owner, number one, they take too many taxes from you as a W-2. As a business owner, you have tax write-offs. So the amount of money you have to spend to scale your business is money you claim back and it reduces your taxable income. So what you have more time freedom as a business owner and as well, there's no cap, right? So right now, I remember I used to make maybe like $49 an hour or something like that. So it was like, okay, that's, thank you. That's nice. But now as a business owner, I can decide and say, no, today in this hour, I want to make 10K and you can set a goal and you can make it happen. So you just have the freedom and the, you, you know, ability to decide what you're worth and actually make it happen. Now, here's what I would say to those who are in a W2 right now, please form an LLC and have a side hustle so you can start getting these tax write-offs, okay? So even while you're at your W-2, if you decide, you know what, I want to start selling t-shirts. I want to get a vending machine. I want to get an Airbnb, form an LLC, and then any expenses you have that go towards that, the website, the inventory, the furniture, if it's an Airbnb, the travel, anything, you can write it off under that business. Now, your W-2 taxes are lower, so you actually start keeping more of your money at the end of the day. So that's a hack. That's an Ellie hack. That's an Ellie hack. I wrote that down. You need to do that. If you haven't already, you need to do that immediately. Yes. 30 of life is if you're listening right now. Open that Wigstar. Open that... Yes. Uh, basketball coaching uh open that tutor service whatever 
that business is, uh, even if it's like um, Uber or Lyft, right? Yes. That's a that's a side hustle. So um, sign do that so you can reduce your W-2 income or just get write-offs or even get business credit if you, you know, go to Ellie's yeah. website or if you Google it, whatever you do, like take advantage of the tax code. Why do you think so many people are business owners? Uh, because the U.S. tax code is more friendly to people who are uh, bringing capital into the world. Yep. Right. It's just true. They prefer business owners. So you got to We got to get on the side. I always say, don't hate, don't hate the player. Hate the game. Yeah. Yeah. Just play. All the right. Game. Last question. Okay. Question of the day. The most famous question of them all. Oh gosh. How are you redefining your black experience? I love this. Um, I definitely think that, you know, for me, I see myself as redefining it through being an entrepreneur. I really do believe that entrepreneurship is the highest form of activism for Black people specifically. And I think that this is how we get our reparations. This is how we honor our ancestors. You know, for a hundred years ago, not even that long, we were beat, killed, all these things for simply trying to better our situation. We couldn't pass down a business. We couldn't create trust. We couldn't build this wealth. Taxes really didn't apply to us for good or for bad. So I feel as though I am helping to redefine my own Black experience and the Black experience of those who do business with me by empowering them to understand why they need to start a business as well as how to really start and scale a business. You know, by doing this, I'm creating wealth for my children. They will grow up into a different circumstance than I ever did. And I believe that with the information I share, other people are also redefining their experience and, and creating generational wealth. You know, the great thing about information is it can be passed down the same way money can be passed down information about how to start a business, how to get business credit, how to win a grant, how to write things off, how to invest, all of that gets passed down. And that's how we end up really creating legacies of wealth, because not only did we give you money and leave you money, but we also gave you the knowledge of what to do with it. And, and that just changes the game. You know, that's how we're going to close the wealth gap, I believe. I'm just one person but I know if I keep doing what I'm doing slowly but surely, we begin chipping away at that block and we start closing it little by little, which is ultimately my goal. Yeah, that, that was really profound. Um, when, I, when I think of it, like you're becoming the owner, right? We used to be owned, now we're owners, right? And that's where entrepreneurship comes. And I just think about like your journey, right? Like just reading about it, learning about it and you know, you went through this, you know, uh, a tr tremendous amount of hardships, um, but then, you know, you created a million dollar business and then it allowed you to speak on many stages, right? You've been on Business Insider, you've been on Bloomberg, you've been on uh, Black Enterprise, um, and then you, ultimately you were in front of the U.S. Congress, right? And that's where that you were so able dope. to speak, you know, the importance of entre entrepreneurship and your story and your success. And that is another layer of impact that you didn't even think was possible, right? From, yeah. from you just starting to go live that first time. So uh, it's a beautiful journey. Thank you so much for being transparent and just telling your story, right? And helping others uh, replicate what you did, or maybe we have someone, you know, you may create the next billionaire from just one of Let's your forces. Go. 
So, you know, <laughs> hopefully they give you credit and not just business credit, but. Um, yes, exactly. Yes. I hope so too. So we really appreciate you for coming on. Lastly, where can people find you? Where can people learn more about all the programs that you have? Yes, absolutely. So you guys can stay connected with me on Instagram or all platforms at Ellie Talks Money. Um, my website as well is Ellie Talks Money. There you can find all my courses. Um, you can enroll in my classes and be updated every time I drop something new. So I have programs there on Instagram marketing, business credit, grants, starting your own Airbnb, so many different ways for you to make money and build this wealth. Perfect. Thanks so much. And everyone who's listening, make sure you follow Ellie. Make sure you think about starting that business in 2022 and make sure you share whatever you just learned on this podcast to someone else. Don't be stingy. Yeah. Don't be Please stingy. Please share this and give this to the people who need it because the people Thank need you. to hear the 30 Life podcast. <laughs> Lastly, Brown, any last parting words before we go? Be a better you. Be a better you the next day. Yes. Love that. Amen. Amen. So thank you so much, everyone. I really appreciate it. Make sure you share this. Don't be stingy. Give to the meeting. The people need to hear the 30 to Life podcast. It's your boy, Mookie. And your favorite color in the world. Wow. <laughs> I love it. Thanks, y'all. We out.